You know, we did a story a while back about, it was about Elon Musk and how in the early days of Tesla, there was some thinking, maybe even some talking, maybe even some planning about potentially being acquired by Apple. You remember this story? Yeah. Oh, by the way, Willie Doo's back. He's back. Oh, baby. We, uh... We were without you for a couple of days there. Yeah. It was I a know. real scare. I'm glad. It's a real scare. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was all kinds of trembling going on around here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the place wasn't okay. the same. Anyway, oh. Willie Doo's back. Uh, Yeah, so I think it happened on Twitter originally, the story. Uh, Elon tweeted, hey, I was uh, back in those early days. I was interested or curious, like we needed cash. We were in rough shape. Mm -hmm. And so I sent a feeler out to Apple. That's what he said. He said, I sent a feeler out to Tim. Yeah. I mean, I don't, he didn't use these words, okay? But you get the idea. And you know what happened? What, what did Tim do? Yeah, he got no reply. Oh, yeah. He got ghosted. Oh. Elon. I guess you can't get ghosted if uh, you don't have a pre-existing communication with a person, but or maybe you can. I don't know. Did they Lingo. talk before? They never. They claim to have never spoken to one another. Does these, that? Does that seem? Titans. That seem odd to you? Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe it's it's our problem that we perceive this thing as some sort of group or club. Like they're just people. It's just people. Sure. Like, I don't yeah. know everybody on YouTube. Yeah. I'm not against it. It just doesn't necessarily take place every time. Yeah, their businesses haven't so, crossed paths. So busy, man. So yeah. busy. Uh-huh. Oh, so much to do, you know. Uh-huh. Anyway, I'm sure the reason Elon, Elon put it on Twitter was to brag a little bit. He's like, yeah, guess what? Not for sale anymore. <laughs> Tesla's doing all right. You know, look at us. By the way, Tim. Yeah, look at us. We're shipping cars. Uh -huh. so I mean they had to back and forth he's had to back and forth with Bill Gates as well mm -hmm. but anyway Tim's doing this interview that we talked about and there's a, a few more excerpts here yeah you didn't expect that word today that caught my attention in particular his complimentary attitude towards Tesla now and uh, some of that intel about him him essentially agreeing that he's never been in touch with elon musk so uh, here he said uh he has admiration and respect for tesla inc here we go this is the the full quote i think tesla has done an unbelievable job of not only establishing the lead but keeping the lead for such a long period of time in the EV space. So I have great appreciation for them. So no hard feelings here. Uh, you know, call it what it is. You see something wildly successful in an industry that, look, many people could have done it or were thinking about doing it. Nobody did it. Yeah. I remember watching that documentary, Who Killed the Electric Car. You saw that documentary? Yep. Where were these guys? These guys could have done it. And for whatever reason, talked themselves out of it, shareholders, boardrooms, whatever. And you didn't have these type of options on the table up until recently because Tesla sort of pushed it and now everybody's coming along for the ride. Mm. And even Tim can admit it when he sees it. And that's an executive mindset. You got to admit it when you see it. Yeah. And you know what else this says to me? Everybody looking for evidence about this, about this uh, Apple car. It says to me, oh, you've been examining it like that, haven't you? Oh, you had time to admire, didn't you? Hey, those are, those are his words, not mine. So... There's some attention being placed over there. That's a technology product. That's a technology company, Tesla. So let's not think for a second that the analysis 
isn't being run. Let's not think for a second certain employees don't move around. Mm. No, don't think for a second, Will. No, no. That's right. Yeah. But anyway, it's kind of cool to see everybody get along and compliment one, one another. These are guys who have done incredible things. Mm -hmm. And uh, who knows? Maybe they... Maybe they cross paths and they eventually have that meeting. But it is, it is. I don't know why it's, it's odd that they have zero communication. Yeah. But they do, apparently, according to both parties. All right. Now, speaking of Elon Musk, he, his, his partner in Neuralink made a comment on Twitter that captured a lot of people's attention. You know why? Mm. Because it had two words in it. You know what those two words were? Yeah, what's that? Jurassic Park. He didn't mean it like the movie. I mean, he's referencing the movie, but he meant in real life. Does that does that get your does uh, that get your <laughs> boats in a row? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, it does actually. Does that float your boat? Sure. Yeah. Or it or gets me going. Does it row your boat? Row, it, row, it, row your boat. It does all of. See, those I said things. boats in a row. Maybe I'm in a row boat. Sure, yeah. I mean, real life dinosaurs. Gently down the stream. <laughs> merrily, merrily, merrily. Uh, yeah. Would you go see the real life dinosaurs? Dinosaurs. Yeah, I totally would. Okay, here's what he says. We could probably build Jurassic Park if we wanted to. This is somebody by the name of Max Hodak. He is the co-founder of Neuralink alongside Elon Musk. Imagine saying that. We could probably build Jurassic Park. If we imagine you and I quoted on this show one day, we're like, build Jurassic Park we want to. Yeah. You know? No big deal. Yeah. But I, this guy's got a better shot than we do. Uh, Neuralink is currently not working on anything relating to Jurassic Park, which makes the tweet a little bit strange. But of course, anybody who's working on Neuralink uh, is more capable than you or I. Yeah. So, so what is he saying? He's going to build Jurassic he's Park not saying on his he's, free time? He's not saying he's going to. He's just saying I could if I wanted to. Oh. That's kind of like saying, you know, I could play in the NBA if I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> if I really tried, mm -hmm. I'll be there right now. But no, I'm saying this guy is closer than that. If they're already working on Neuralink, he says, we could probably build Jurassic Park if we wanted to. Wouldn't be genetically authentic dinosaurs, but maybe 15 years of breeding plus engineering to get super exotic novel species. Mm. So it's a toned down version of Jurassic Park. Would you still travel there? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, if they can make like animals. Do you have any ethical issues with such a thing? Uh... No, I don't think so. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm more like science. I, I like technology and science. Come back with a bang. Biology. Come back with a bang. Yeah. All of a sudden, will you do... I, will, I, I like technology. Yeah. <laughs> You're playing God over here. <laughs> I, I am on the side of technology and the creation of yeah. new man-made species. No, but what I'm talking about is the potential consequences. You start toying around too much. For sure, yeah. You start messing with ecosystems. You start tweaking this thing over here, over there. I mean, they're doing it right now to a certain extent, not to the extent he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And there are ethical questions around who is granted the responsibility for this level of genetic engineering. Yeah. Oh. There is definitely consequences. And it's something you, sure. you got to try lightly. You got to be careful about this. I mean, I don't know if anybody saw the movies. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny how we, we do all the things, as humans, we do all the things in the movies. We do it. You see it in a movie, we're like, you know, I'm going to do that 15 years from now. Yeah. You know? It's uh, inspiration. It's, really. it's, it's interesting, though. The space and sci-fi and tech and it's, if a human can think it, then a human can do it. I mean, uh, to a point. Yeah. Oh, we're going to fly. Okay, we fly. To a point. We're going to we're gonna go to space. So here's this, I mean, to a point and... And at a at a particular pace, yeah, it has to be built on top. And unfortunately, we got this lifespan to work with. But every single time, it's it's the next generation that puts it on top, builds on top of it, uh -huh. keeps going that direction. I mean, we don't screw it up too badly. Mm -hmm. 
keeps going in that direction and you can't even the future is unrecognizable will yeah even yours mine is definitely unrecognizable. you got a few years left in you yeah a few more oil changes oh. <laughs> yeah i'm uh it's diluted at this point oh yeah it needs to yeah well you keep lubricating with the coffee you're, you're sure, on your yeah. second cup over there i know yeah which is rare for you. I, I so try. I just shout out for that. Will you reach for the second coffee today? We have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, he could short circuit. He could go haywire. I know. 11 p.m. right now. Go haywire. Yeah. Well, this next story might make you go haywire. How about a 1.5 pound stainless steel dock? So your MagSafe charger stays put. Okay. No, it's a 1.5 pounds. Sure. Why not? That's the weight of Otis. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean. So let me ask you something, Will. Yeah. Is this what it should have been in the first place? Is this, like, who has this problem? Okay, first of all, let me explain this charging thing to you. It's very light. The MagSafe charger from Apple, it's lightweight to the point if you can use the phone with it connected, but if you place your phone on the tabletop and you go to lift it up, it's not coming off. The whole thing's coming up. You got to use two hands. Is that a design choice? It is. Like you can use your phone. It is on the it's bed definitely a design choice, and obviously as well for travel. Right. I mean, what well, you can travel with one point five pounds stainless steel? No. You know. Yeah. But it is interesting that this company you heard of this company called Nomad before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they make all kinds of accessories, and I can't imagine they're going over here and carving out stainless steel unless there's some market for it right and so it's just funny to think it's it's not very often that you want to take a tech product and make it heavier i i can't even think of another time what you want to make heavier maybe maybe my mouse i don't like the lightest mouse mm -hmm. but like heavier i'm talking 1.5 stainless pounds right it's very unusual it has a good look to it look at the way it's machined over there really fits in with the whole aesthetic Presumably, you can still remove your MagSafe charger if you want to take it on the go mm -hmm. or go with the lightweight. I don't know how easy it is in and out. It also doubles as a paperweight. It doubles as a paperweight. And most importantly, when you reach down single-handed to, to pop your phone off, mm -hmm. the whole thing isn't coming up. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's going to stay seated down. Oh, so the puck goes inside. Yeah, it's the, not like a designated, like, thing that's no, made no, no, from no. them. No, 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 no. It, it's meant to interact with your pre-existing MagSafe puck. Oh, I see. So that you can still use, I mean, you already have that. Right. That's the idea here. They just made, like, the outer enclosure. The MagSafe mount it, uh, securely holds the MagSafe charger in place with non-permanent micro-suction tape that allows the puck to still be removed as needed. But it's at least going to stick enough and not move around as much. Right. So that you can get that one-handed removal. Like most wireless chargers have that don't opt to be so lightweight that they come up with the phone. Huh. So here, here's, here's, the, here's the root. Here's the core of this discussion. Yeah. It's very important. When you're thinking wireless charger, there's a few ways to play this. Right. There's the dock, like the upright dock, like that. Mm -hmm. There's the flat, mm -hmm. typical Qi charger, which you lift up, lift off, no problem. There's Apple's solution, which is a two-handed removal, but with the cable attached, you can use the phone while charging, and it's very lightweight for travel. Which is the optimal wireless charger, Will? Uh... Hmm. That's a tough one, to be honest. It's tough. You can only have one. If I can only have one, I would probably go with the the MagSafe. Apple's wow. MagSafe. Because I just like to use it in bed. While charging. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Although it sucks that it's not angled. So if I put it on my desk, it's just flat. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a trade-off. You heard it here from Willie Do. He wants to. He's going for the Apple charger, and he's going to pick up this accessory. One point five pounds. What are they charging for? Fifty, 50. bucks. 
Oh my goodness, that's hilarious. The the hunk of steel is more than the charger. So it's steel? Yeah, stain, I guess so, right? Stainless steel, yeah. yeah. No, aluminum wouldn't be heavy enough. Right. Anyway. It's it's a nice package. Funny times. Yeah. How about this? Huawei P50 renders. Look at the camera on this beast. Okay, it's renders. It's expected to look like this. It's like it's smiling. It is. What are we doing? Look at that. Looks like me with the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> well, two of you. Yeah. Well, one of you smiling and one of you uh, mute. Yeah. Yeah. The perfect representation of me. It's that's that's all of you right there. Yeah. You're fully encompassed. It's crazy though, isn't it? With the the, it, it, I mean, it, I'm speechless. It. What is the extent to which we can have these camera cutouts? We saw what Xiaomi did with the screen and the camera cutout. It was huge. That's the only play for creativity nowadays, eh? Mm. Like you can only play with the camera hump and you like dropped a beauty, design. a beauty Canadian A there. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's the only thing you can do these days, eh? <laughs> with the twofer. <laughs> Yeah, you're right, though. Otherwise, you got another slab. Slab yeah. after slab. Uh, granted, I've been looking at these gaming phones. I don't know if you caught the video since you've been on vacation. <laughs> I did, actually. Okay, so it, that one has the landscape camera motorized coming out the side. So that's a major differentiator. And it sticks the camera unit in the center of the device, mm. which is also very unique. So there are some unique plays, but you're right. Even this one... What makes it unique does center around how they decide to place the cameras. And in this case, it was motivated by the fact that it's a gaming phone and they also put a cooler in the back. This is strictly about photography. What's weird to me is that in this render, all the camera modules look identical or at least very similar, which I'm kind of skeptical of because why would... Right. Often when we see a multi-camera layout... Each individual component is slightly different. Although, granted, it's just a render, so I'm sure that it could, could, should, would, yeah, change. Actually, if you click over to the next tab, you'll see what there's the uh, a similar render before the Pro model supposedly of the P50 from Huawei, and then this one. It looks to be roughly the same size, except instead of having four similar-looking camera units, there's one enormous one and then two tiny ones. Right. I think if you scroll down, there's one more picture just to showcase how huge that is. That might take the cake for the biggest single camera unit. <laughs> Holy cow. We have, how, how far can this really go? Yeah. You know, like, will it, can it, can it, can right it? Right up to the screen. Can it be the entire back of the phone? Can it? Will somebody eventually just do an interchangeable lens system? Will they need to? Mm. Is it going to be that liquid lens stuff? Yeah. I don't know. But uh, for now, these are expected to arrive soon. I don't know who's going to be interested because of, obviously, the complexity in getting your hands on Huawei products. Maybe we still can. I don't know. Yeah. It'd be cur I'd be curious, at least just from a hardware standpoint, to see what they're up to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How about this story, Will? Thief steals phone, thinking it's a OnePlus 9 Pro, discovers that it's not, decides to return it to the victim. Not good enough. Imagine that your phone's not good enough to be stolen. It's quite rude. Although, at the same time, you're conflicted because you're like, that's rude, man. My phone's still good. Yeah, hey. But then at the same time, you're like, thanks for ringing it back, though. If uh -huh. I had a, had a better phone, it would be gone right now. Yeah. So maybe I don't want to have that good phone because it's riskier. Which phone was it? I think it was an older OnePlus model. So it oh. came, this story started as a tweet, as many stories do. It was from Twitter user Debayan Roy. Little numb as I write this, Sector 52, Noida Metro. That's the location where this happened. A fellow with a black mask snatches my phone while I was messaging. I run. He turns back, runs towards me. Says he was look says this is not a OnePlus 9 Pro, drops it on the floor and runs again. Hashtag <laughs> what was this? So I don't know. I'm sure somebody must have asked him which model it actually was. 
somebody is going conspiratorial saying that it was a marketing stunt. Wow. I mean, you never know what's going on these days, but. Well, I guess this guy won't be upgrading anytime soon. He's like, oh, this, uh, this phone did me well. Isn't that, a, isn't that an interesting thought, though, that in a way, it's, he, he, I, I don't realize this is a very fringe case, but he was better served. It, let's assume that this story is true. Mm. He was better served in that moment with, by his subpar phone than he would have been by his premium phone. That's very, very strange. Yeah. But I don't know. Is, is, are these th uh, thefts rampant? Is this a real concern for people? Uh, I, pre I guess it does happen. I remember once upon a time when there was, I think it was the mayor of New York. I don't know who, who it was at the time, but was warning people not to wear their white Apple headphones mm. back when iPods and early iPhones were popping off, saying, I mean, they saw a huge uptick in, in, theft because it was so easy to tell when a person had an expensive device because nothing else had white earbuds at the time mm -hmm. only expensive phones and ipods mm -hmm. and so he saw this big uptick and he was like hey highly recommend you swap those out uh -huh. for for just regular black ones if you don't want to get stuck up but it is it is interesting that intersection there will the more exclusive the device you get in order to experience the premium thing potentially the more risk involved in interacting yeah. with it because because it applies to everybody else that you know does it apply to everything like not only theft <laughs> but maybe vandalism because hmm. expensive cars are I more mean, likely to be vandalized yeah maybe keyed i don't know kicked i mean it's pretty I'm, 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 I'm gonna be honest i'm gonna be honest with you right now it's fairly it's pretty pleasant around here yes do you know what i mean yeah. I, I don't think we're as far as us weighing in on this you know it's pretty pleasant around here mm -hmm. did you ever get robbed no you had to think about that though no my house has been robbed. Mm, that's right yeah but not me personally when I'm walking down the street. That's right. You do have a story. Yeah. Slightly different neighborhood, not around a corner. Mm -hmm. Can happen anywhere. Yeah. On a main street. But see, I would just say that. This is one of those things where you kind of have a blind spot in a particular category until it happens to you. And even this guy, where it sounds kind of funny, right? And it's an article and everything. You can see the first line, little numb as I write this. I mean, that's a shock factor. Uh-huh. When something like that happens to you. And it's not just, it's the violation of the thing. And it's also the fact that the, the threat, I'm sure for him in that moment, it's like, damn, he got my phone. But at the same time, it's also like, well, what's this person willing to do if they're at a point where they're just snatching phones? It's a, a tough experience, but it does have a funny twist to it. And the fact that he gets it back. Cause it's not a one plus nine, bro, yeah. which is what the guy was looking for. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you got to imagine also, Will, and this is the last piece I'm going to put on it. There is some relationship between the cost of the thing and like how much work you would have to do in a particular place to buy it. Mm -hmm. Right. If, if, uh, like a OnePlus nine pro is a thousand bucks in India, that's, that's a lot of money. I'm not justifying it by the way. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying it's something to think about. It, it is also relative to, like if everybody has an iPhone already around you, there's less incentive to try to. You see where I'm going here? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, this guy, the thief, probably wanted to just sell it immediately for sure, knowing the worth, knowing the worth of the new phone, knowing the value. Yeah, yeah. Get it on that secondary market. Yeah. Along with a stack of GPUs. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's a real story or not, but anyway, if that was cool. Well, not cool, but you know. Here's a, here's one that is cool. Check out these Microsoft server baths. Look at that. Isn't that an awesome GIF? Can you just... Aren't you mesmerized? Can't you just stare at that GIF forever? Yeah. Look at that. 
just cooling down all those components inside of that liquid. Uh, this rack of servers now being used in production loads in what looks like a liquid bath. The immersion process has existed for a while, but Microsoft claims it's the first cloud provider running two-phase immersion cooling in a production environment. Uh, this liquid removes heat as it di directly as it hits components and the flu fluid reaches a lower boiling point. 50 degrees Celsius or 122 Fahrenheit. It boils at a lower temperature than water. This, wow, that's so great. Half the temperature of wa water, that's, that's wild. So yeah. that's what you're witnessing there. I guess it keeps things moving and, and therefore it keeps the heat from, from, it keeps the hot spots, right? It distributes the heat as it bubbles. Is it just regular water? Or is no, it, no, no, it's no. It's a different solution? Yeah, it's a, uh, uh, what is the name of it? Fluocarbon-based liquid, removing heat. Right, flu fluocarbon. Wow. Anyway, that's the whole point of it is because the components are obviously not 100 degrees Celsius. Yeah. You do not want your computer components at 100 degrees Celsius, Will. Yeah. And That would be a big no-no. And so how are you going to cool them submerged in regular water? I mean, I guess it might do something, but... Or was it Since oil? Since this, this is not stagnant. Yeah, you have, people have done oil. Yep. Yeah. People have done oil. Um, but there's nothing stagnant here. Right. So there's a lot of movement in the water as a result of it only requiring 50 degrees of heat, 50 degrees Celsius to bubble up. Very interesting yeah. uh, technique over here. I kind of want to do this with all my components. Just put them in a bath. Sure. Run some games. And that's what they're calling it, man. They're, they're saying, look, it's a way to think about it is basically a bath. Uh, <laughs> Project Nat Natic saw Microsoft plunging 864 servers and 27.6 petabytes of storage into the water. That was a, an experiment they ran of just dumping it into water. So you can do that too, but they appear to be interested in alternative means of uh, cooling their servers and presumably trying to find greater efficiency from, a, from an energy perspective. Hmm. Because if you think about it, if you go with the traditional air cooling method, you've got to cool down that whole building. You're pumping a lot of AC. Right. You're trying to control it in a, in a different way. And I'm sure Microsoft has done the math mm -hmm. figured this to be the more efficient method but anyway you can just you yeah. can also not care about the tech at all and just stare stare at the gif at the top yeah happy motherboards you can play uh some sort of uh, chill vibe thing mm -hmm. you know and then just and just hear the bubble honestly we could put it on that tv over there yeah that like a gif like that like an infinite gif like that mm -hmm. of just serve server bubbling you know what i mean right on Leaked phone number reveals that Mark Zuckerberg is on Signal. I don't know if you heard it. There's a big data breach, Facebook data breach. Is it still offline now? I think that was separate, but oh. uh, right before we started recording, it was yeah offline. Instagram as well. Weird. Anyway, there's some type of uh, security breach, and it's like 500 million people. Was that 533 million Facebook users? Oh. Had their information leaked. It's like half a billion, Well, Oh, jeez. And so someone was curious, hey, we should check if Zuckerberg is in here himself, any of his information. <laughs> caught him. And sure enough, they discovered uh, his number on Signal and that he had a profile and was on there. And so, of course, the initial reaction is, well, even Mark Zuckerberg uses Signal because he doesn't trust his own platform. But in reality, it's probably more boring. It's probably he's just checking out what they're yeah. up to and yeah. making an account. Or not. Or he loves it and he would never <laughs> use any Facebook-related messaging service sure. by the name of WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> it was an interesting find anyway. Yeah. Oh, this next one, I got to clear it up. So we had this clip go out about a recent guest on uh, Rogan's podcast. 
And the clip, I got to be honest, I didn't realize how many people were intrigued by that story because the clip has 514,000 views in a week, which for the later clips channel is a bit unusual. And I realized that you know, sometimes on this show you cover so many things. The, it's such a broad... It's kind of what's fun about it, right? Is you cover a lot of topics. Sure. And we're fans of Rogan. Absolutely. I've been on the podcast many times. Yeah. Shout out, Joe. I'm going to come to Texas once the border opens up. Yeah. I didn't clear that with him prior, but... No. Uh, but yeah, it pops up in my news feed. It's, it's somehow connected to me, right? Because of my interests and the fact that I listen to it and everything else. So it comes up in my Google news feed often when something like this happens and then I'll just briefly cover it because I find it interesting. However, in this case, I feel like it was a bit too, uh, it turned, it, tur it was more, there were some things that were missed by myself that made it look like I didn't care very much maybe, or, or just an idiot that didn't do the research type of thing. So, uh, so a couple things on it. The clip was about a guest on Rogan's podcast by the name of Marcus Luttrell, and I, I refer to him as a Navy SEAL. He was a Navy SEAL, but he wasn't just any Navy SEAL. Now, shout out to Navy SEALs. Any Navy SEAL is a Navy SEAL. Yes. Like, it's not, that ain't, not, that's, a, that's a deal in and of itself. Yeah. So get that out of the way. But in his case, what happened was he was in this uh, situation which the movie was based on, Lone Survivor, he was with his his team and they they were in uh, Afghanistan and they encountered, uh, what are they, in, insurgent, insurgents, fighters, you know? Mm. Uh, is, that, is that really what they were called at the time? Actually, scroll down, let's get it right. Ta Taliban fighters, sure, perfect. They encountered them and everybody in his team gets wiped out. And he's basically left for dead. And somehow, well, actually not somehow, um, important part of the story, a local herdsman, I believe, a, a, a local to the region, an Afghan person that I guess had witnessed what had taken place, realized that he was still alive and actually aided in his survival. Got the right people there and actually got him out of there. So this guy gets back, recovers from tremendous injuries, and and obviously an untold amount of uh, uh, stress. And I mean, I'm just I'm just saying this piece because that would be any human, but obviously this is an unusual human to go through such a thing in the first place, mm -hmm. and to sign up for such a thing in the first place. And to do the training in the first place. And then to... So tremendous stress and, and likely sadness. I mean, you're so tight with this. You form these bonds with your crew when you're out there. And everybody's gone and you start maybe guilt associated when you're the one who comes back. Again, I'm just projecting what I might feel trying to imagine. Mm -hmm. But it's just guesswork. But anyway, so what happens at the end of this podcast, he goes on Ro Rogan's uh, show and um, and at some point in the show decides to get up and go pee and then doesn't come back. And, and so there was conspiracy theories about it. People were really interested in what might take place and there's all the news around Spotify and all this crap going on. And so that was where the clip left off without any of that backstory that this guy, it's not, he didn't have just a, smooth sailing trip as a navy seal he had this very specific grueling experience mm -hmm. now i'm not i'm not sure which navy seal has a smooth sailing trip it's all hard as well and so uh i saw a lot of people in the comments speculating what might have taken place and then i saw an update from joe himself he just says look here's what here's what happened uh, we decided that we had had enough to drink and, uh, we, we should call it where it was, 
what had, what was said was said. A lot, a very intimate conversation, uh, possibly a difficult conversation, uh, possibly an emotional conversation. Talking about your experiences, those type of experiences, and it, probably an exhausting experience, you know. Mm -hmm. So, so anyway, he cleared it up and he said the truth, and I and and and. And I think that's really where it is. That's 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 really where it where it stays. You know, I know it's tempting to go into the other aspects or to to imagine some other grand reasoning for it. But I can tell you, having been on that podcast and and speaking for three hours, and I wasn't drinking whiskey. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that might be the better call. This call right here. And I think sometimes people should be encouraged to make that call uh -huh. at different times when you just, you realize you'd rather pick up the conversation at a later date because of how much you've said and, and where you're at. I think yeah. it's completely fair. And people just wanted an answer. And guess what? Here's your answer. Mm. You know? Oh, wow, man. You're, are you scolding people over here? No. And here's know. your answer. I yeah. mean, Joe said it. No, no, it's true. Yeah, you got an answer there. And so I just wanted to follow that up. I mean, the clip just went further than I expected. And and I just wanted to basically send respect out there mm -hmm. because it was just, uh, there was it was a kind of casual nature in which I originally talked about it. And I just wanted to make sure that some of those components of the story, so I wasn't just superficial about it. Mm -hmm. Like it's a, it's a heavy it's a heavy story, a heavy topic, and and uh, it's totally cool to to bounce when you want to bounce. Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, have you seen this thing? You saw this one? Uh, no, I haven't actually. So this is uh, kind of reminiscent of the. What is it? The Razor Hazel? Yeah. Project, Project, Project Hazel. Hazel. This is the new age of high-tech masks. And, and this one's called the Zuper Mask with an X. And it's coming from Will I Am, huh. who you may know, uh, the musical artist. Yeah. I guess he does doing clothes and products. He was at CES a couple of times launching certain things. Oh, was he? Is he a tech guy? I mean, he just was investing in companies as far as I remember. I think he he had a smartwatch at one time huh. that he was collaborating or launching. Anyway, he's, he's, he's showing off this mask, and I guess he's taking on... Because Razor's going to make theirs, by the way. Yeah. And so he's going to take them on and have a cooler mask what his mask has led lights noise canceling earbuds i don't think theirs has that hepa filters in there uh, i don't know if you want to have headphones inside of your mask this one has them okay <laughs> it so kind of looks like a vr headset yeah they're uh they're wired into the well, mask yeah which but the mask is wireless so you're gonna have to charge the whole thing up Oh, okay. Yeah. The headphones themselves are wired only to the extent of the mask. It does have a, like a Star Wars look to it. Yeah. What is it? Like a Tatooine or something? You know the, <laughs> you know the troopers? The Tusken Raiders, I believe? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, I want to... No, I can't remember all these things, man. Now, apparently he's in... Yeah, these guys. <laughs> he's in... Okay, sure. Right. All right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe something like that. I don't know. Inspiration. Um, he's in he's in partnership with Honeywell, and they do all kinds of air purifiers. That's a real deal. So that's interesting. Um, the mask has dual three speed fans for ventilation and replaceable HEPA filters that can be swapped out every thirty days. So you're gonna yeah you're gonna have to charge it up. Uh, apparently, it's gonna go for sale. Uh, April 8th at zupermask.com for 299 USD. 
shipping to the U.S., Canada, U.K., and Europe. Should we pick one of these up or what? Yeah, let's give it a shot. Versus Super Mask versus Razor Mask. Who has the ultimate high-tech mask? Yeah, headphones versus RGB. And does the Razor Mask not have clear so you can read the lips too? Does it? I think so. Which, believe it or not, quite helpful. I think it does. Yeah, it does. You can see the girl, the girl uh, straight on. See, you can oh, see yeah. the mouth there. Oh, that's really cool. So that can that can be very useful. Oh, and you also have the case which sanitizes it uh, with UV. Mm. So I don't know. It's a slightly different approach. I don't know if the Will I Am product would have that in it, but we'll see. Yeah. Starbucks to discontinue disposable cups in South Korea by 2025. Could this be an indication of potential plans elsewhere? Possibly mm. everywhere. The company runs through roughly 7 billion single-use cups every year, and it has long struggled to cut down on waste from those cups. They've been setting more goals for sustainability and aim to eventually become resource positive. But see, here's the problem, Will. For everybody who was a part of the reusable cup, who was like fully on board, then Corona hit. And it, you couldn't, from a hygiene perspective, be bring, take in the reusable cups. Yeah, you can't bring your mug to Starbucks. Exactly. Your personal one. So everybody got turned all the way back around. Now you got to try and turn them around again as the, as the world moves forward. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you think about it, it is a lot of cups. Now, I don't know how they're going to do it there. Uh, let's see here. As it seeks to phase out single-use cups for its coffee, Starbucks plans to introduce a circular cup program to slowly encourage customers to reuse mugs and cups. Across select cafes, allows customers to pay a small deposit for a reusable cup, which they can return at a contactless return kiosk. Oh. Whoa. So this is how they get around the hygiene thing. Mm. You go to the return kiosk, it then gets sanitized, and then you're still picking up because you're part of the program. You go to fresh and sanitize one every time as you leave, uh, like a beer bottle or whatever. Right. Yeah. That's new age. That's kind of cool. You know what? Might be a better move yeah. than, than actually everyone lugging around a giant steel container. Yeah. Are you okay with knowing that uh, your cup was used? What? What do you when you go to the restaurant? What do you, what do you got? <laughs> I guess so. Do they give you a new glass every time? Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah, dude, it's gonna steam it at high, high heat. Pressure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Starbucks ain't gonna go down like that, will? Yeah. Come on now. Cool. Yeah. All right, but that's gonna start in South Korea first, I guess, to see how it goes, and then they go from there. Uh. Krispy Kreme, you love this story. You love this story. I was like... There's a lot of questions to this story. So, I don't know. I guess I saw this a couple of days ago. Believe it or not, it's another controversial story because you can't have a... No, you gotta have a controversy. Krispy Kreme decided to give away donuts to anyone who's been vaccinated. Uh-huh. And... Let me give you, first off, before I give you the official line, I'll give you the different controversial aspects. So, first of all, vaccine. Controversy. Yeah. That's right, it. I'll just, right out the gate. That's all you have to say with that. Vaccine, whatever reason, gets people all fired up. So, that's step one. Step two, donuts. Uh. So, let's say the vaccine thing is perceived as being uh i don't know a conscious conscious uh, thing to do in which you're very concerned about your peers in the world and you're you're uh, no longer transmitting this evil this evil virus and all that okay yeah. let's just go there for a second okay then the reward for having done so is the donut which i can't think of a food item 
more synonymous with uh, unhealthiness. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Now, I'll eat a Krispy Kreme donut anytime, anywhere, any place. Yes. This original glaze, stop it. <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't even dare. Go look at one of these things. Don't you dare. When it's fresh? Get out of town. Yeah. Get out of town. Yeah. So people just thought it was it was a weird combination of things. And here's the crazy part, okay? Here's why they're saying it's it's weird. is because there's no limit on it. You can get a free donut every single day all for the entire year. Wow. That's a lot of donuts. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so they had, I don't know if it was a president or CEO in this clip, and he's like, look, we believe that our treat over here is best enjoyed in moderation. But we're trying to encourage people to get these vaccines, and, and this is our move. Now, one customer in this clip comes out the store and says, you know what? This is some brilliant marketing. Are they like 300 pounds? No, no, it's oh. this girl right here. Oh, this girl, okay. She comes out and says, this is brilliant marketing because I can't come in this store and just get one donut. Right. How are you going to go in that store and yeah, get one? Yeah, the one donut's just a taster, you know? You can't... And what are you doing? You're going You're going to work or you're going home and you're going to tell people, oh, I just popped in Krispy Kreme. I got one donut for free. Yeah, that's not worth it. No, but also those people are going to be angry. They're like, well, why don't you pick up a couple? Yeah. For me. <laughs> it's the type of thing you're going to pick up a couple. Sure. Maybe so, grab a coffee as well. So she's saying, oh, it's a marketing thing. They hop onto the vaccine trend and everyone's talking about it. And look, they're on Inside Edition and now they're on Lou Later. So there's always that aspect as well. So these are all the components you got to think about, Well, mm -hmm. But ultimately, what it boils down to, if you got your vaccine, <laughs> you can go into any Krispy Kreme for the rest of the year and get a free donut every single day. That is wild. Can you double up? Absolutely not. <laughs> so, that was the one question. That's rude. What do you mean double up? Can you go back again? In the same day? Yeah. Of course you got to be asking these questions. <laughs> I don't know. Probably somebody's tried it. Maybe someone's gotten away with it. But yeah. uh, I, I'm guessing they kind of want you to do one a day. Okay. But that's still a lot of donuts. It is, yes. I don't recommend. I do not recommend a Krispy Kreme a day. I'll put that out there. Sure. Because I will tell you one thing. Something like that. Part of the reason you enjoy it so much is because you don't do it that often. Yeah. And it, when you do, it's enjoyable for the, you know, couple minutes, and then it's okay. That's so many things in life, Will. Don't yeah. overdo it, Will. Don't over tighten it. Yeah. Don't don't try to squeeze too much out of it. It goes for everything. Understand when to put it down. And it's hard. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I'm not acting like I always put it down. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying when you do learn where and when to put it down, that's a nice feeling. Yeah. Put that out there. All right, this is the last one. This one, I don't know. Is this real? This I can't believe I never heard this before. People with red hair, red heads, don't feel as much pain as everybody else. Really? Did you ever hear this? No. Redheads have a higher pain threshold than blondes or brunettes because their skin's pigment produces cells that lack the function of a certain receptor. <clears throat> hmm. Redheads have a faulty receptor on skin pigment cells that stops them tanning, but also has a hormonal knock-on effect, which results in elevated pain threshold. Gingers produce more opioid signals than people. That's a weird term, gingers. gingers. Like, yeah, I, I, I I know, it's so brutal. What, what, why, what, how is that right? Like, I guess they would say it's like, it's like saying blondes or something, but even, I don't even like that. It's such a weird classification, whatever. I don't know. What about redhead? It's better than ginger, right? Yeah, or just red hair. Red hair, yeah. Ginger, yeah. 
That's I think it's I think we're kind of scarred by that viral YouTube ginger guy. And do you know the remember the one? I think he had a can't remember what the name of his account was, but he was uh, we don't have to go we don't have to go down okay, that path, yeah. but I was just gonna say anyway. Produce more opioid signals than people with other hair colors and complexions and have an elevated pain threshold. So I don't know, man. I it's uh surprising you can find out something like this that you you would have felt you would have heard of at some point. Mm -hmm. But everybody's I guess everybody's a little bit different. I, I mean, this is not like superhero status. And actually, you could look at it the other way where it could be a problem. I was watching a documentary on some people who have uh, a, an, an issue where they can't feel pain at all. And you would think, oh, that's fantastic. Actually, pain is useful to you. Yeah. Pa pain, pain tells you, oh, you better, you better take a seat right now. You better take a rest. You better uh, watch out. Oh, your 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 finger's broken. You better not be picking things up. Yeah. And so for actually those people who have that particular issue feeling no pain, uh, they end up with all kinds of problems. They burn burn yourself. Like imagine, Will, when you touch the stove or something. Uh-huh. And you just leave the hand there to sizzle. Mm -hmm. It's like smells like bacon. <laughs> imagine when you figure it out and you're in yeah. real trouble and you didn't feel it. So it's yeah. actually a useful uh thing that you usually you spend so much time trying to get rid of that you don't think of it that way yeah you try to take every pill that's out there to try to alleviate pain and meanwhile it's kind of useful in certain i guess too much pain is bad At well yeah uh, yeah of course of course there's a limitation to it but it does it does serve its role mm-hmm and uh and but and i'm sure in this case this particular story uh, having a higher pain threshold can serve a role yeah you think about the painful situations in life i'm thinking about like childbirth or something uh -huh. more straightforward it doesn't hurt as much yeah uh i don't know what other painful situations i'm thinking about maybe in sports or something mm -hmm. uh falling off a dirt bike or something mm. i don't know it doesn't hurt as bad yeah I'm just, I'm just, I'm surprised by it, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm here to let you know. Well, that's it. There you go.